Welcome to Medicine Words. This is Tom, and I'm joined today in our healer series by Ari, who is the founder of the Awkwardly Zen Group. It's a group that's primarily online with an online community of a website, a Facebook group, and a meetup group. And it's a special online spiritual community where everyone can come learn to be awkwardly themselves and learn about spiritual subjects. So welcome, Ari. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Did I describe your practice in an effective way? You did. You did. It's, it is kind of one of those all-encompassing things right now. Uh, we started on Meetup and had a variety of different kinds of events, and then it's just kind of grown from there. It's hard to explain in a nutshell. When did you get started? Actually, I was handed the idea. I get a lot of my messages while I'm driving and I was driving down the road and heard you're supposed to start a spiritual community. And I went, I have no business doing that. And so I kind of fought it for a little while, as so many people do when they get those messages. And then I had way too many readings with some amazing practitioners that all said the same thing. When I finally got one that said, hey, here's specifically, you're supposed to start a meetup. I went, uh, okay. So we did, and it just took off from there. So that was last July that we started it. And how many people participate now? Whew. Uh, well, we started in July in Denver, um, and meetup.com is an amazing um, platform to do online events. Um, it used to be only in person, which is why we never even considered it. But then when COVID hit, they changed it. So we started in Denver, and then once we started growing there, we went to Salt Lake and then to Kansas City. And now we're in nine different areas, and we have over 1,700 members as of a couple days ago. <laughs> That's quite a response. It, it is. It is. You know, we we found that people were actively looking for some place to feel really safe. And while COVID was going on in particular, a lot of people started searching for kind of what did this all mean and what does it mean to them and how could they learn more about being more comfortable in their own skin? And unfortunately, in a world of social media, there is just so much perfection out there, people pretending to be perfect. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like good for people for putting on their bright faces and being on Instagram. But if you're looking for Instagram models, we are not it. So it was more a situation where we realized that people did not have a place to ask questions, to feel really weird about the changes that were happening and the things they were thinking. Because the awkwardness of the spiritual path is pretty aggressive. It's It can be really messy. Uh, and it is kind of a scary thing when you don't know who will back you up on something and who will say, okay, you've lost your mind. So we just really wanted to create a safe space for people to be able to talk about the things that were going on with them and to explore these topics without without fear. I think that's a really good idea because in my own search for understanding my spiritual world, I know that you always worry that people are going to think you're just a little bit crazy and this is sounds like a great idea for people to get started. Yeah, you know, we were really lucky when I, I started the meetup and I kind of ignored it for a few days and I looked down one day and on my phone, it said, hey, you have a new member. And I thought, oh, that's fun. And I opened it up and it said I had 60 members and I went, oh, I guess I should do something. <laughs> um, and so then we started with what's called Zen Zooms. And uh, we have five of those a week now, and those are just an, an open conversation. So it gives everybody an opportunity to, to really kind of come in and say, 
here's what's going on with me. And it's amazing because we've set up the platform in a way that people can be really supportive of one another and we can get ideas and show support. And it's not any sort of, uh, as a matter of fact, we, we fight the idea that it's any sort of support group because that's not the point of it. The point of it is just to be able to talk to people who might just understand where you're coming from. So it's one of our main guidelines is that we're not mental health providers. We're not medical providers. We believe that a lot of things can really help and we can talk about those things, but you know, you do you take care of yourself, (laughs) but it's been an amazing journey to watch some of the people who have come in, especially from the beginning and see where they are now on their paths with that support. It's easier to grow in yourself if you feel like people are holding you up. And that's what we we create is a place where people can feel like it's okay to grow in this way. And it's been pretty astounding. I get chills every time I think about some of the stories that come out in these groups about how people have adapted and changed and opened their minds to things that have just truly made them feel more comfortable. Well, the passion in your voice is very clear and that's exciting to see. So I'd like to find out a little bit more about the healing part of what you do And maybe we can start with telling me a little bit about your own gift and your own senses psychically and how you go about healing. That, interestingly enough, came as a way to help support the group. I took a tarot class, an eight-week tarot class, and it was a lovely class. But at the end of it, I was like, I'm never going to do that. Like, I can't remember. It doesn't feel right to me. And then I got a new deck, The Lightseer's Tarot by Chris Ann. The art spoke to me. There's a book in it that has key words and has affirmations and everything about my relationship with tarot cards changed at that point. At around the same time, I was realizing how much more I was channeling than I ever thought. I really thought I was smart in my life and really come to find out that I've been handed messages my entire life. And so some of the things that have come really naturally to me, my guides and my angels have had my back this whole time and ancestors who have just really helped me along the way. And so those two things kind of came together at one time. I was sitting here at my desk and I kind of got a a bit of a, just a knowing of, Hey, you're supposed to start doing tarot readings. And and again, I fought it. I went, no, I'm not a tarot card reader. Like that is not what I'm going to do. And the more that I tried to not do it, the more I was getting called to. And then we needed to upgrade our meetup to a higher costing event. And I was like, Oh, case I've got to pay for it. So we decided that I was going to start doing readings. And I say we, because awkwardly Zen is definitely a team effort. We have a huge group of volunteers that make it happen. And so I said, you know, I'll, I'll start doing these readings and um, that'll help us fund awkwardly Zen. So hundred percent of the readings I do goes back into the community of awkwardly Zen. But what I found was as I started doing the readings, my gifts opened in such a big way. And I can only say to somebody out there who's wanting to really tap into the messages and to understand, start practicing with your friends because that's how I started is I said, okay, friends, I feel like I need to do this. Let me practice. And when you start getting feedback from other people that you really are right on with what you're saying, those messages are coming through you. It's a lot easier to keep going because for me, at least I don't hear the messages very clearly to myself. Like sometimes I have to make sure that I set myself up in the right situation or I'm meditating just right or in the morning, right after I wake up. But my messages for other people are crystal clear. 
And so being able to sit across from someone or at least across Zoom with somebody and give them a message has been such an amazing thing. So what I call what I do is intuitive tarot. I utilize the cards to really kind of kickstart us. And also because I feel like for me, at least it makes me feel more comfortable and the person I'm reading for, they have something to look at. (laughs) There's something pretty. They don't have me intently looking at them with my excited big eyes going, Hey, yay, I'm going to tell you all about you. And then we go through and just talk about the messages that I'm getting from their guides um, and talk about the affirmations that the cards have. And we look at the pictures of the cards and really dig into those. And, And then we just see what messages are there for them. And it's very much adapted over the years. Okay, so you've gotten much better at it, it sounds. What's an example of something where you really helped somebody by passing them a message that you received? You know, that's a tough one. And actually, there's an amazing practitioner here in Denver named Lori Hewitt. I think you might talk to her at some point. And she is phenomenal. And her and I have talked about this just recently about how we don't really remember a lot of what our readings are because it's channeled through us, not us. So sometimes it's funny because someone will come back and they'll say, oh, you remember that card in that reading that you did for me a month ago? And I I have no idea, no no recollection, no remembrance of that, or I might have a vague understanding, but I very rarely remember. I get a lot of honoring people, meaning that we as a society have stopped celebrating ourselves. We have stopped looking at all the little things that we do on a day-to-day basis as little wins. And we focus so much on the negative. And that has come through crystal clear in a ton of readings over the last few months. Instead of sitting down in like the muck and, and feeling gross and yucky and comfortable in there, like start pulling yourself out and being excited about the little things. One of our members, she talks about the concept of radical gratitude, and that comes up in the readings a lot as well, because there is a lack of gratitude in our society. It's what do I not have, not what do I have, which is part of why people are struggling with the law of attraction, in my opinion, and and manifestation and all of those things, because if you aren't really happy with what you have right now, it's hard to create something more. So one of the things that I would say maybe even the biggest that comes up in a lot of my readings is practicing that gratitude. And if that's hard for people, which it can be, if you're out of practice, like it can be a tough thing. It's things like, I love Sharpies, right? I'm a big, a big um, marker fan, any sort of office supply, like load me up. So I can pick up my marker and look at it and I can say, oh my gosh, think about how many people had to go into the creation of this so that I could have it in my hand. Somebody had to come up with the color. Somebody else had to figure out the plastic for it. Somebody else had to build the machine that made it. And like all of the people that had to be a part of creating this one magical little thing that gives me so much joy to use. And it's such a magical moment. So I think that's probably, this is a long way to answer that question, but I would say the biggest thing that happens in a lot of my readings is giving people some of the tools to get to that spot. How can you, when you are stuck in that rut, which we've all been there and some more than others, how can we help get past that? And so it's a mix between messages from their guides. And then I'm very much pushed often to share my own stories um, and my own hardships and my own, which is hard, (laughs) which is hard at first. When you get a message from a guide saying, hey, you need to tell them that really ugly side of yourself. It's like, but 
I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to tell them that, but that happens. I bet it's a good way to establish trust between you and the person that you're reading. So I think that sounds like a great way to do that. Well, I think it's important that we all realize we're not perfect, right? And I think it's so easy. I was just talking about this with another practitioner friend of mine this morning. It's so easy to put practitioners um, or healers or energy workers on, on a pedestal and to think that they have this magical ability. And, and I think that's kind of dangerous because these are just people right? These are people who have tapped into their gifts. And I truly believe all of us have gifts. Every single person out there has the ability to do what I do. It's just a matter of how willing you are to open to it. And that's easier for some people than others. And some people have been put here on this earth this time around to do that, to be that light for people and to, to guide them, but everybody can do it. And so when we put someone on a pedestal, it's really kind of a, a concerning thing to me. And I've done it before because it gives somebody power over you in a way that I just don't think is necessary. We, we all are equal here and there's nobody who's better than you or, or me or anybody else. And so that's one of the things we really work on in Awkwardly Zen. Um, and one of my favorite things about it is that our practitioners are part of our community. So they come to our events, they participate, they tell everybody when they're having a bad day or what horrible thing happened. And it helps people realize that these are just humans who are having a human experience with a little twist <laughs> to it. I love the way you look at that. And we are all human. And it makes your community even more welcoming to hear it described that way. So let me ask you, you mentioned earlier that your own senses, you were driving down and you were hearing messages. Is that your primary mode of receiving messages? So say, or see, I hear, but I don't hear. I know, but I always say I'm hearing. And if you do a reading with me, you'll see me cock my head because I, I must be getting some tone. It is definitely more of a knowing, like I don't hear things whispered in my ear. I don't hear voices. It is definitely more of a knowing. The more I open up to my gifts, the more I get new experiences, which is really fun. So it's not a rare occurrence to do a reading with me and have me go, ooh, that was new. That's fun. Because sometimes they'll show a different picture or I'll get a knowing about a specific thing or like periodically, like a name I got the first time the other day is somebody's dad came through. So apparently I'm getting into mediumship too. And, and very much told me what her nickname was. And it was like such a cool thing to be able to say, Hey, your dad called you this. And she was like, yes. And it was such a amazing moment to connect with that person and to be able to I mean, anybody who's dealt with grief knows that knowing that we are still supported by those people who we grieve for is really powerful. And I think that's what gets so many people started. That's how I started down this path was grief. And so really exploring that side of it and to be able to hand someone a moment of joy through that grief is really, really powerful. So that was a really cool experience. So I, I know I see pictures sometimes. I get tingles for sure. Periodically when I'm not listening, I'll get a poke and I see uh, signs all over. I mean, I am a big fan of signs. I ask my angels and guides constantly for signs because it makes me just happy to see them. I love angel numbers and finding feathers and coins and asking for specific colors. And 
Um, I highly suggest people do that because it's so much fun when you get those messages. Okay, well, let's investigate that a little bit. You said you get poked. Is that a physical feeling on the back of your shoulder, back of your head, something like that? Um, it's kind of a variety. Often, oftentimes it's me being clumsy. Um, like me, all of a sudden I will not be able to like walk or I'll hit something that's been there forever. Um, and if I've done it like two or three times, which is not normal for me, I'm, I'll stop and say, okay, what do we need to know? Like, what, what am I missing? I see it. Please give me this message in a different way. <laughs> and then usually I'll get some sort of like sign for that, or I'll go grab my card so that I can get some clarity on that. Um, sometimes the physical poke is literally a poke. Like I fight, or I get almost like a pressure on my shoulder. I've had in the past situations, which I think were more spirit oriented, like ghost oriented, where I've had a little bit of a hair tug, but I'm pretty sure that was a little, little boy spirit who was just having a little fun with me. But yeah, just a variety of ways. And that's something I also get when I'm reading for somebody is if they get physical things, I'll get that physical feeling. So I'll be able to say, Hey, your guides, like make your neck get all flushed and they'll go. Yes, that's exactly what happens. And I'm like, yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel that on my neck. So it's pretty cool how all of those things have kind of just started popping up. And when, again, when you have a reading with somebody who's tapped into your guides and your angels and your spirits and your ancestors, it's so nice to be able to get those clear signs that they're absolutely right. Because it helps me too. Like, I love it when in a reading, someone goes, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Cause I'm like, all right, yep. I'm not making this all up. And I think most practitioners will say that where you get in the middle of it and you're like, I'm not losing my mind, right? Like we are headed in the right direction. I am getting these messages for you. And I'm sure people have been doing it for 40 years, probably don't have that as much, but I know a bunch of practitioners who are doing it like that, who still second guess themselves. Sometimes again, we're human. We are human. So just receiving messages can sometimes be very healing to people. And you mentioned that you get a lot of other different signs. So if you were to help someone understand all the different kinds of signs they might be receiving, maybe they don't receive a poke in the back of the head or something like that. What other signs should people be aware? I'm a big believer in ask. I don't think, I know I didn't before I started down this path, I did not realize how much support I had in the spiritual realm. And so when I started learning and I started learning by going to little mini readings here and there and going to fairs and starting to just jump into anything I could to learn as that started happening and getting those mini readings, that's where I started finding out about signs. That's where I started learning about it. And when I started getting the same messages from multiple practitioners, it's hard to ignore. And especially once you don't know each other. So there was no way they were all calling each other on some big party line and saying, hey, if Ari comes in, tell her she's on this path to do this. So that was a big part of it for me. But what I would say for someone who's just starting out, you are absolutely getting signs, whether you see them or not. Everybody is constantly getting stuff, but if you have closed your mind to it, you're not going to see it. So what I would say is ask for something very specific. Ask for something like buttons or like the color red or, hey, I need to see something really random that's orange or I need to see castles or I need to see, I mean, it can be whatever, but say, hey, guides, angels, whoever, please show me this so that I know I'm supported. Now for me, I like it more general than that because I like to see them everywhere. So I'll say, I just need to know that I'm being taken care of. And then I open my mind 
the other day I was struggling with something and I was driving, stopped to get some coffee, said, as I was walking in, I thought, okay, guides, I just need to know it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I came walking out of the coffee shop and I was in my own head and I hit the door and the coffee spilled. And I was like, Ugh. so I turned around to go get napkins to pick, clean up the coffee. And right when I turned around, there was a big feather sitting right in the middle of the floor, um, right in the entryway there. And I didn't see it on my way through. So my guides made sure I saw it by making me spill the coffee so that I had to turn around and see it. And I just start laughing now because it's like, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And then being grateful for those signs. And here's the thing. Second guessing, I think skepticism is, is good. A little skepticism goes a long way, but second guessing everything that happens repeatedly to you, it's not serving you in any way. So just open your mind a little bit. And when you get that sign, even if you're doubtful, say thank you for it. Be grateful that just for a second, you feel like there's something more and you'll start seeing more and more and more, the more you open to it. The other thing I'd highly suggest is join a community and ask questions because that's been so amazing to watch in Awkwardly Zen when somebody comes in and they're like, I'm new to all this and I don't know if I believe it and I don't know where I'm at or I just left my religion because of this, this, this and I'm, I'm trying to step more into spirituality to be able to watch them walk that path and to have them come in and say, hey, this happened to me and all of us are going, yes, that happened to us too, yay. We do a thing called a hand waggle where we shake our hands so that they can see without us talking over each other that we support them. And there is such joy in that community when somebody comes in and says that and everybody waggles their hand like, yes, I've been there with you. All of a sudden you're like, I am so not a weirdo and this is so exciting. I wanna do that. <laughs> so it's cool. Love that description. So you've established a very solid, workable communication method between you and the spirit world for your own encouragement and healing. What about someone who's new to it that doesn't know that maybe feathers are their thing or the color red is their thing? How would they know what some signs are? How would a person get started? Well, if you go to awkwardlyzen.com, you can join. I think we have a group called Signs. There's multiple different groups. We have an online community that you can pop into. It's totally free. Um, and you can join groups of things you're interested in. So you could come into a group like that and, and make a post uh, that says, hey, I want to know what some signs are. What signs are you seeing? The big ones, I would say, are angel numbers, which is repeating numbers like 111, 222, 333, 1111. Any numbers like that, if you are seeing those over and over and over and over and over again, look it up. If you're seeing anything over and over and over and over and over again, there's probably a reason for that. For instance, last week, I kept seeing four hawks, not hawks, four. It happened three different times in a week long period. And I was like, okay. So then I looked into numerology and then I looked into hawks. And then I called my friend, Jason, who is a shaman and said, tell me what this is. And, you know, again, it was them trying to be very clear and they have my back. I am supported spiritually just keep going and that is really rewarding so animals can be that colors can be that flashes of light if you see a flash of blue over and over again it's just out of the corner of your eye they'll say that that's archangel michael who's got your back on that and archangel michael is a badass he will help you so many different ways and so those are good ways to do it 
The other thing I would say for those people who are like, I don't know what to look for for signs, you can Google anything. <laughs> Tell me some signs that my angels are there. Tell me some signs that my guides are there. And to be fair, some of the stuff on that you're going to find on the internet is total crap. It's not going to give you a, a great guidance. It's one of the reasons why we always say, hey, if someone tells you something, please do your own research and make sure that it works for you and it resonates with you because there's a lot of things out there. But the more you start exploring, and it can be overwhelming at first, it can be overwhelming long into it. But the more you start exploring that, you'll find your thing. And everybody's different. Like some people will say they're a witch. I'm not a witch. And that's great that people are witches and I support them on that, but that's not what I resonate with. Some people love crystals. Some people love dragons. Some people love high frequency. Some people love yoga. Like it's different for every person. So I would say the more you cannot put labels on yourself, the more calming and the more just rewarding the whole path can be. I think we try so hard in our society to say, I am this. And if that's what you need, then okay. But for most of us, we're not one thing. It's not black and white. It's a very gray, hazy, hey, I like this, or I'm interested in that. And the cool thing is, as humans, is we get to change whenever we want. We get to decide, I like this one day, and then the next day we can say, no, I don't like that anymore. And who has the right to tell us that that's not the case? So again, that's what I love about the spiritual path is it's so vast. So you can't, you can't do it wrong. You're not going to do it wrong. You're just going to have to keep stumbling down it and figuring out what works for you. That makes a lot of sense. You can't do it wrong. As long as you keep trying, you'll find the way. Uh, I want to ask you, I want to direct it a little bit more toward the healing aspect of it. And I know that a good part of your healing is passing messages and teaching people to pass messages or receive messages mm -hmm. is a better way to say that. But I also know that you have some guest healers that come to your group that do a variety of different things. So yeah. I'd like to ask you a little bit about that. Can you tell me a quick overview, but then I want to know the curious stuff. What's the most unusual one? What's the most dramatic one you've seen? Oh and my goodness. That is tough. That's a tough, 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 tough question. Okay. So yeah, we, we do those Zen Zooms I was talking about, but then we also do special events and deep dives where we have different practitioners and teachers come in and teach about what they are an expert on. And we have had everything from um, shamanic journeys to Akashic records, to meeting your guides, soul council, soul paths, we have a woman coming in here this weekend who is doing intuitive eye reading. So she looks at your eyes and tells you a message from that. Um, and she's phenomenal. I've had a reading with her before. So we are across the board. You can you can meet some of the practitioners on awkwardlyzen.com if you go to our partners page. Um, that's just a handful of our practitioners. You can find out a little bit about them, find out what they do. We had a woman, um, and she is not on our partner page, but she hopefully will be too. Her name is Shakti. And she's in California and she came in and did ancestral clearing. So she is able to use a pendulum and figure out what was handed to you by your parents and your parents' parents and all of that and see how much it's resonating with you. And that one was huge. She did some examples of that in the group and they were right on for every single person. And that's really powerful when somebody can come in and do that. That was a pretty astounding one. The other, the other one who's always mind-boggling for us is Lori Hewitt, who I explained before. I give her a lot of credit for Awkwardly Zen existing because she was the one who told me that I needed to start a meetup because my soul council had told her. 
And she does soul counsel and soul path readings and just is one of the most lovely women. She, she is one of our moderators on our Wednesday night Zen Zooms, and she does a ton of activities for us. She does channeling practice where you can come learn with her. She also does uh, guided meditations every month for us. So she does a lot of things and her, her events are always very powerful because she'll do an example of meeting your soul council. And usually she does a guided meditation so that we can meet our own soul councils. Because one of her things is she wants to teach us how to do this for ourselves. And so it is pretty powerful when you sit in front of your own soul council for the first time and get to ask them questions and get to you know, say, where am I going and what am I doing? And, and sometimes they'll tell you and sometimes they're like, hey, you'll figure it out. And so she's pretty impressive there. And then I would say Jason Analek, he does Akashic Records and he is just such a huge character and such a fun person. So when he comes in and he does his examples of readings and tells people their superpowers and what they were brought here for and maybe what a past life was or that kind of thing, you listen and you're intense in it. And then he offers clearings that is one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. But that it's so hard. Uh, Kendara, who I think you've interviewed for your podcast, also does I, I Ching, I Ching, I Ching, I Ching. I Ching, yeah, and and she is so fun. She's my she's like my air spirit practitioners. There are so many healers that I have been so blessed to work with over this last year, and so many more on the the agenda. So healers will know other healers. So then they'll turn and say, "Hey, have you met this person? Or you should try this." and it's so cool to know that, I mean, there's no end because everybody is so creative in how they do it. And even all the tarot card readers out there, we're all different. We all have our own little spin on things in our own way. And it's so, it's so, it's so hard to say like, who's the most unique or how it's just a tough answer question because all of them are just so phenomenal. Well, it was great to get a couple of interesting examples there. So it seems to me that much of your method of healing, as we mentioned already, has a lot to do with teaching people to communicate for their own good and learning to find their own method. So how does a person know if what they're discovering is safe for them? Ooh, that's a big question. And when we talk about a lot in our um, Zen Zooms on Awkwardly Zen, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that question specifically. For me personally, I always feel out the intention of what the message is. If it's an ugly intention, it's almost always my ego that's trying to guide me or or not guide me in that case, send me on a, a bad path. The messages that are coming from spirit and from source or God or the universe or your guides or angels or whatever you want to call it they're going to be loving. They're going to be supportive. They're teasing sometimes. They're, a lot of guides have a great sense of humor, but they want the best for you. So if you start hearing things that are ugly, if you start hearing things that are destructive, if you start hearing things that make you feel yucky inside, you might want to check in with somebody on that. You can do lots of different clearings. You can ask your angels and guides to help with that, but it's not a bad thing to ask for help. And whether that's mental health care in the normal Western society, or that's finding a spiritual person who can help you with that, it's really important that you take care of yourself because the brighter your light shines, the easier it is to draw in some of that drama, some of that negativity. I have been very blessed. I shield myself daily 
However, I've been pretty lucky in my life that I think I kind of have a natural shield that has come with me throughout my lifetimes. You can ask your guides and your angels to support you on that. You can shield yourself with crystals. You can, I have essential oils that I use. Um, you can just turn in a circle and say, I'm shielded now. Like the intention is what's really, really important. And I'm sure there's people out there who are going to say, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's why in Awkwardly Zen, we say there is no right and wrong. So I'll hold space for you to have your very specific ideas and uh, I'll have mine and uh, it's okay. Well, thank you for that answer. If people are discovering their own means of communicating and they find something that's safe, I think people are going to find some things to them just have no meaning. Maybe they'll walk out and say that was hogwash. Is that common? Totally, totally. It is. There is no shortage of times in all of our sessions where somebody doesn't go, yeah, I can't. And I find even for me, I'm really open-minded. Like, and always have been, but I am skeptical. That is in my nature. So I like to ask the questions of explain this to me, let me know. I don't think it's a bad thing to go. That doesn't feel good to me. Like I think dragons are amazing and I know dragons work really well for some people and they really embrace them. They're not my thing. I think dragons are beautiful. I like pictures of them, but that's just not my thing. However, some of my dearest friends and some of the leaders in Awkwardly Zen, that is their thing. And I've watched someone channel a dragon and believe me, I'm like, all right, I buy it. Like, I, I believe that's happening for you. But I think the spiritual world, I mean, you think about earth and it's so vast. The spiritual world is like, we don't even have any concept. So when you think of all these different things, of course, everything's not going to resonate with you. It doesn't make any sense. Like you don't have to, it's not all or nothing. And I think that's the biggest difference between spirituality and a lot of religions to me is spirituality is very fluid and it's gray and there's no right and wrong. It's, it's be you and find what you want. If you're looking for something more structured than that, religion might be something that you want to pop into. And that's great. That's awesome. And you don't have to stay super structured in your religion but a lot of religions are are like that, which is why we do a lot of support for people who are trying to figure out how to do both. Okay. Well, you've got me so enthusiastic and so excited. How would a person get a hold of you and get started? Okay. So if you go to awkwardlyzen.com, that's going to get you to everything. So that'll there's events page that'll connect you to our meetup page, or you can find us on meetup as well. We're in nine different locations. Find the one closest to you. But you can find that on awkwardlyzen.com. You can sign up for the free online community there. You can meet some of our practitioners. We have a new podcast network that we just put out. So you can listen to our first podcast on that. We've got all sorts of different things going on. So soon we should have an app that we'll be rolling out as well, which will make it easier for folks. Well, I'm very excited and I congratulate you on your success and the speed of your success. And I'm very, very happy for you. So well, thank you. I'd like to thank you for being with me here today to help the world understand your practice and what some of the possibilities are. So I thank you greatly for being here and I wish you all the best in your new practice. Thanks, Tom. My name is Tom and I hope you've enjoyed the content of today's podcast. You can visit our website at medicinewords.net to find previous podcasts and to stay up to date on our latest material. You can also submit questions on our website, which we may use in future podcasts. Also, if you like, you can subscribe and we'll be sure to send you a reminder each month with a link to our latest podcast. 
Thanks again for listening. Please join us again on Medicine Words. <laughs>